Hi everyone! For those that couldn't attend, we decided to upload our live show from the London Podcast Festival. It was it was a blast. Thank you to everyone that came to see us. It was such a joy to meet you all. And ooh, a little heads up about this live show. There is a moment where the projector behind us blue screened and our characters mention it. So that'll make sense. And uh, apologies about the audio sometimes. We were still figuring it out. But it's a really fun story, however, and I'm sure you'll love it. Thank you. everybody. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for coming. Can anybody hear me? Yes. Cool. Perfect. Uh, thank you so much for coming. We have uh, something, I don't know uh, how many people here are familiar with the show, but we have something a little different today. Uh, our two uh, usual main actors couldn't be here, so we made a contained story within uh, our podcast as a universe. And uh, we hope you like it. <laughs> Lucky are those born in the right era to see the ascension of a new monarch. 20 years ago... <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> 20 years ago, after the death of King Thomas Atkin, the crown had to choose a new heir among witches. Only the most unusually talented of the younger generation were allowed to compete. Scouted by experts across the country, tested and chosen to undergo grueling years of training, all leading to the royal arenas, where generations of gladiators are thought to inherit the crown, and with the crown, the knowledge and power of their predecessors. The Crown's College is our country's most secretive institution. What goes on behind these walls remain a mystery to this day and the subject of many conspiracies. The theories are endless, but here to shed some light on this mythical institution is the Her Majesty herself, Queen Tempest Jahan. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you're reigning witch queen, seventh champion of the Crown's arena. They know who the I am. I know who I am, so who's this for? You were given an hour to ask your questions, but this hour isn't yours to waste, so proceed. I, I merely wanted to honor your accomplishment, your majesty. Great. Do you... Do you perhaps intend to make this interview difficult, Your Majesty? Do you intend to make it interesting? I do have other things that require my attention. Other things I can believe. Better things, I doubt it. Did you just fucking interrupt me? You're wearing gauntlets today, Your Majesty. Is it perhaps because you're exhausted, though you'd rather swallow a knife than admit it? Is it perhaps because you will argue I'm wrong, but you will do so conveniently sitting on that couch until this timer goes off, because perhaps you're actually delighted that this is actually all you have to do for the next hour or so? And Your Majesty, while I must admit it is entertaining to hear you speak with a knife in your throat, perhaps a cup of tea and something sweet would soften that cutting edge in your voice and allow us both to do our job a little better. <laughs> You are so fucking annoying. Look at you your camera are so man, he's fucking petrified. Of course they're petrified. I just disrespected the most powerful witch in the country. It's fine, everyone. I'm not gonna execute your... Are you their boss? 
not their boss, but if I'm not here, they don't have a job. I'm the talent. You're the talent. <laughs> now who's the real queen? <laughs> it's it's you. Yeah, it's me. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. We go way back, he and I, by the way, till like middle school. It's all bants, don't worry. I think your camera guy is about to faint though. No, he's he's Irish, pale. Ah. But he's good, he's good, he's good. Um, thank you for being here, your majesty. You're not redoing the intro. No, no, we'll fix it in post, that's fine. Okay. Thank you for having me. An honor, truly. But without further ado, let's dive in. A lot of people know of your incredible track record in the arenas, but we know very little of The Tempest before The Crown. How old were you when you were discovered? Oh, it wasn't discovered. No? Nah. They didn't think I was the right fit. Well, you remember my mother. I remember Auntie Jahan very well. Auntie Jahan. That's so sweet. But yes, my mother was a witch, and in hindsight, a pretty mediocre one. <laughs> what? Nothing, nothing. Carry on. No, she was lovely. She was, she was lovely, but her rhymes, rotten. I, I didn't say anything, you're talking to yourself. No, trust me, this is a compliment. You can either be a good witch or a good mother. Not both. Why is that? Because you have to be a little unwell to be a witch. You hear words from things that don't speak. You see things that were and could be. You're just a bit... The dirt below you and the air above, to you these things are completely indiscernible from your body. Your mind expands outside the flesh and bone and with the same will you'd move an arm, you'd realize you can move the world. Obviously there's a little more to it. A good spell requires a rhyme to channel your intent, sharpen your focus so the world does exactly what you want it to do. You know the drill. But why would that make you a bad parent? Because the more you hear, the more you see and the less little Tommy's problems at school matter to you. Powerful witches make terrible mothers. And my mother was a terrible witch, but a very smart woman. She was a handyman type of witch, could build a mansion in a week type of witch, create the best evening entertainment for your guests type of witch. Type of witch. Yeah. But could she do it on the spot? Gun to her head. Could she improvise a spell to get out of a crisis? Nah. She needed time and preparation and the perfect conditions to make a rhyme. But I didn't. I didn't need to write down my spell, to go over them again and again and fiddle with the sonancy to figure out the best wording. It all came naturally to me. And she quickly noticed. So she trained me, relentlessly. And I knew I was good. I knew other witches my age and they didn't compare. So why wasn't I getting tested? One day I simply had enough. I tossed and turned in bed, which I never do because indecision means doubt and doubt means you're either weak or stupid, and that's not me. But I was young, and despite how loud the wind and the earth and everything in between were calling for me to do great and be great, far away from home, I still loved my mother very much. And what I was about to ask for would change our relationship forever. Mm -hmm. So... It was the night of my 16th birthday, and I ha it had been a lovely celebration, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but later that evening, I found myself in my room, and in bed, and in the dark, reading a rather terrible novel that I'd received as a gift earlier that day. And that's when it hit me. Most witches can hardly change the color of their hair. I could mutate my eyes to see in the dark out of sheer fucking convenience. I was so ready 
So I thought, fuck it. I left my bed at 3 a.m., marched through the corridor and slammed open the door furthest away from mine. And I said, mother, I need to be sent away. Do not make me take off that blindfold, Tempest. I'm mildly sorry, but I've got to insist on ruining your night. Has someone died? No. Is someone dying? No. Is someone about to die? No, but... Go back to your room, Tempest. I'm going to call a crown evaluator. Myself. Tomorrow. <sighs> May I point out the timing of this announcement, daughter? What about it? It's utter shit. You'll need a bit more than that. The clock makes a compelling enough argument. Do you believe no rational decision could be made at 3am? Or do you just think I'm weak? Incapable of... I always knew you would leave, Tempest. The day you made your first rhyme, my heart sank in my chest. You made it look so easy. And knowing that one day my daughter would be taken away from me, is it then so cruel to want to spend a little more time with her? Can we not have another morning? Will you not linger by the door a little longer? I'll see you tomorrow, Mum. Perhaps we could make breakfast together. That'd be nice. Good night, Mum. It's a heartbreaking tradition to surrender your child to the Royal College. And worst of all, it's a gamble. But I was more than surrendered. We had to force them to take me. Because in the morning, the evaluator came. A tall, beautiful woman who smiled easily and walked very quietly. The son was a good friend of hers, so eager to follow her where she went. And she was one of those witches that looked like she wanted to fuck the wind. Do you know what I mean? Large clothes, very airy. Yeah. Fabric everywhere, capes. Dangly jewelry. Mm, yeah, what's that about? It gives them an air of like, look at me, I control the wind, I'm wearing three bed sheets. Woo. Mm. So, anyway, I already didn't like her, but she was very polite, didn't want to impose, she refused a cup of tea, which was mental. Honestly, my Indian mother offers you a cup of tea and you say no, like you weren't about to have the best tea of your fucking life. Did you forget your red nose at home with your clown costume? Anyway, I'm still mad about that, you know? That's fair. Anyway, the, the evaluator then turned to me and told me to sit down in the garden on the grass. Now, take a deep breath for me, please. <laughs> Impressive. What? Well, your lungs are already expanded. You breathe like a witch. <sighs> oh, that was part of the test. It usually is. Let's skip this then, shall we? Here, open this. What's that? A pouch. I can see it's a pouch. What's inside? Possibilities. Possib- What are you, a fucking sphinx? <laughs> Is it sand? It feels like sand. And pebbles. Magic pebbles? Well, that's for you to decide. Oh, I see. I want you to focus your intent on this. Imagine it is part of you. Bones of stones and grainy sand. Ugh, gross. Words are a dangerous thing, child. A good witch does not waste them on dim-witted quips. How would you know what a good witch does? Why? What, why would you say that? Because she was being fucking disrespectful. The only tangible thing she had done so far was listen to me breathing. She was a glorified stethoscope. Okay. Would you, would you agree you were not, perhaps being particularly diplomatic. You'd expect someone who works with children to be patient, observant, to see the cleverness in a quick comeback rather than just an insult. I wanted to know who I was working with. Dates go both ways, right? Job interviews go both ways. 
getting evaluated to determine whether or not you're worthy of the fucking crown goes both ways too. I don't know if that's how it works, but. But hey, the higher the horse, the messier the fall. Is the horse falling? No, she is because she's on the horse. The horse is falling. Oh, no. Yeah, no, okay. okay. Have you never heard the expression before? What's wrong with you? I don't know. I've got a doubt. I was like, maybe I misheard it my whole life. And you're the talent. Okay, you failed the test, but you still got the crown, so clearly they're just giving jobs to anybody. Nah, she failed me. She failed her profession. She failed her nation. How so, then, your majesty? Don't majesty me. (laughs) I have to. It's TV. Your your highness. The evaluator. Yeah, yeah, good. She got proud. She pursed her thin little lips, and she told me rather curtly, Mirror me, if you're able. She took an identical pouch from her belt and said, Stones and sand obey my hand. And the pouch rustled. The sand poured out and formed a cute little shape in the air or whatever. Your turn. Oh, okay, all right. How did it go again? A witch's ear should be as keen as her mind. Okay. Stones and sand obey my hand, and winds as well hear my demand. The clouds and storm I pledge my voice, to rain, thunder I say, rejoice. (laughs) Anything else? I think that's quite enough. She grabbed her fucking pouches, stood up, and then went to find my mother and said, I have concluded my assessment, Mrs. Johan. Your daughter shows quite a lot of potential, and she will make a talented witch, but she does not meet the criteria to integrate the Crown's College. When she's of age, I would definitely recommend signing her up for the Academy Trials. I'm sure she'll be most... You must be joking. Apologies? No, thanks. Run your test again. The results are final, Mrs. Johan. You are mistaken, Agent. My daughter's abilities extend far beyond anything I've ever seen. She has the universe's ear... Perhaps you haven't seen as much as you think, Mrs. Johan. Your daughter has undeniable talent. She still ranks in the top percentile for her age. Trust me, this is nothing to be upset about. I'd expect a witch of your calibre to know the difference between upset and correct. But twice now you've been wrong, so perhaps it's a habit? I see the apple did not fall fall, fall from the tree. (laughs) Metaphors are a coward's reach for cleverness. Speak your mind or save your breath. According to her file, your daughter is a seizure risk. Unstable. This alone means she is not fit to compete for the crown. The seizures have been under control for years. That's why she has those gauntlets. Could you tell us more about your gloves, your majesty? What's with the blue? I don't fucking know. Okay. (laughs) Of course. The gauntlets. So you see these red stones on the knuckles? They're not crystals. They're Kalsaris. They're alive. Fascinating little things. A microscopic organism that feasts on will. This prodigious energy which is... This prodigious energy which is produced. This electricity, this aura, Kalsaris feeds on it and they use it to multiply like a virus. In proximity with a witch, they'll grow fast and sharp until they can find a way to infect the body, 
get into your bloodstream, then travel all the way up to the food source, the brain. But then things can get rather ugly. But my mother designed these gloves to absorb my excess of will, dampen my powers and tune out the outside stimuli. I've resolved the cause of my seizures. I resolved the causes of my seizures a long time ago, but I still find the gloves comforting when everything becomes a little loud. Are you in such a hurry to watch your daughter die in the arenas, Mrs. Johan? Try and kill her. See if anything can. If you wish to take the matter with someone else. I do. You'll have to go directly to the college. And where shall I find it? Well, why don't you ask your daughter? A true candidate for the crown will have no problem finding something that doesn't want to be found. Farewell, Mrs. Jahan. Tempest? Hmm? What did you say to her? First of all... What did you say? I just think if you work with teenagers, you should have thick skin. Tempest? Nothing. She wanted me to cast a spell. I did. What did she say? You failed the test. No, I didn't. I ran her little rhyme into the ground. And did you think she would appreciate that? Appreciate? What do you mean appreciate? She serves the crown. There's a higher purpose than... She has to be objective about these things. She works for the most selective, secretive, independent, let me repeat that, independent institution in this country. And you wonder where I got an attitude from. What made you think she had to be objective? Your chances were already slim. Why did you have to antagonize her? Slim? I'm light years ahead of anyone my age. Ahead of you and probably her too. Why would my chances be slim? Because of your skin, your eyes and your hair, Tempest. Because no queen has ever looked like you, and until that crown is on your head, no one will see it in you. So we agree. I would be overjoyed to find out on what? That this was pointless, and we'll have to do it ourselves anyway. You'll have to find it. The college. And the stopwatch of that woman's grandfather, or whatever family heirloom she thought lost forever, so I can finally return it to her and then step on it. Actually, or the college will do. Gotcha. How long did it take? About a week. Every day, I sat in the garden and opened myself to the voices all around. <clears throat> the wind brought all sorts of gossip, lies and secrets about the houses nearby. And I remember every evening after my mum came back from work, she'd make me take a break, sit with me, and I'd tell her all the petty stuff I'd learned about our neighbours. It was lovely. Then... Then I reached out further, followed the breeze that traveled through our street until it joined the high winds of London. Further still, above the rivers and valleys, all the way to the coast, so far I almost lost myself in it. And I found nothing. The wind was stringing me along, just happy to have someone to talk nonsense with. I could understand its tongue, but I couldn't speak it yet. I, I couldn't ask questions. Tempest. I'll find it, mother, I'll find it. It's supposed to be a whole castle, right? Surely the wind's rolled over it at some point. Perhaps the wind is not the answer. Pray tell then, mighty witch that you are. Tempest? What, do you want an apology? Was I not in the middle of something, something far beyond your understanding? Do I have to waste more of my time? There is something below your feet. Something that doesn't move, but listens to you and every living thing. Yeah, great, thanks, Mum. The Earth doesn't know shit. 
Or did you never wait for an answer? I would know if this... You're talented, Tempest. But just like you learn from books or from the elements themselves, there are things you'll learn from time, an incompressible amount of time. If you're too proud to listen to your mother, perhaps listen to the time she represents. And so, in a formidable act of benevolence, I agreed to try. And nothing happened. So I rolled my eyes, and then I froze. I felt something stir below me, like a, like a yawn. A tree root had lazily picked up my request and forwarded it, I suppose, to the, my, the mycelium in the ground. I felt my words, my intent. I felt it expand outward, relayed by an endless network of chatty neighbors. My mother looked at me and went, put your gloves on, Tempest. It doesn't have to be this hard. And she went about her day. A few hours later, I had my answer. Well? There's a sequoia tree growing on the Welsh coast that claims to have traveled as a seed far from his elders. His elders in the Americas? No, in the Celtic Sea. But there's nothing there. Not even islands. Maps lie. Trees don't. Shall we pack our bags then? <laughs> what do you think I've been doing? Thanks. I'm sorry for... What's that? Gold. I will need new bracelets for your coronation. You'll take this with you and shape them during your time at the college. I could finish that today. Did you have a design in mind? I think I'm owed a nice surprise after suffering your attitude of earlier. Suffering, really? A necklace as well, matching. Of course. Are you sure you don't want them today? You'll thank me for telling you to take time with them. And when that time comes, I'll thank you in return for a most beautiful gift. Do you believe the Crown's agent could have made an honest mistake? Do you really have to ask that question? Yeah, I think I like the answer. Well, in retrospect, I think she was quite an incredible woman. The first ever to survive with half a brain. There the it is. greatest trickster that ever lived. She fooled everyone into believing that she had functioning eyes and not empty gelatin balls with no thoughts behind them. And so you just went looking for an island that doesn't exist. Yeah, and don't try this at home, guys. You will die. They've updated their security a lot since my time. So you just rolled up at the door with Auntie Jahan? Mm -hmm. We absolutely did. The next day, we were on a shore next to the young sequoia and ready to take to the sea. With a quick rhyme, I assembled a raft. Not from, not from the sequoia. It's a tree. But it helped you. It's a tree. Did you plant another one? Were you raised by a sequoia or something? Can I carry on? That's messed up. That's messed up. I assembled a raft from the sequoia and called upon a wave to carry us through. Now the water was tense. I thought a simple incantation would be enough to quell the currents, but oh, their anguish ran deep. I could feel them twisting and writhing under the raft, begging to be let loose, to turn into whirlpools and riptides. We were definitely on the right path. I felt my hands start to sweat in my gauntlets. I was getting itchy, restless, and my focus wavered for a, for a moment and a strong wind almost sent us tumbling into the water. My mother grabbed onto me before the worst could happen and she said, This isn't rage, Tempest. This is joy. Don't fight it. And she was absolutely right. The ocean wasn't raging. It was, it was excited. 
It was inviting me to do something I had curtly refused again and again. Every attempt I made to quell it was an insult. I was frustrating it, angering it. I had to give it what it wanted. So we let go for a split second and the water flipped our raft upside down immediately. And for a moment, my mother and I were completely suspended in the air. And I felt a laugh rise from the deepest depth of my soul. I felt like I'd made a breakthrough. Like I understood an entirely new language at once. This wasn't rage. This wasn't even personal. This was a playful taunt. So I answered. I pulled on the wind, the water, and the wood of our raft and slammed it against the surface back below our feet. I latched my will onto a current and a wild surge took us forward. A wave immediately rose ahead, but instead of trying to cut it, to cut through it, I called on the wind and our, and our raft leapt onward onto the body of that rising giant. The crest came down above us and I, I propelled us towards the wave's shoulder. Played with a storm. <coughs> I mean, look at the crown, it's on my head for a reason. It took a lifetime still, but by the end of it, I was entirely washed out. My legs, my arms, everything was shaking and I was still smiling. <laughs> and after a final vicious wave, the ocean unveiled the quiet shore it was hiding and gently took us there. <coughs> Tempest? I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm just catching my breath. When we return, let your father know he is <coughs> never to speak of a sailing holiday in my presence. Some of us like a thrill. My dear, remember, you are deranged. So are you. Not that bad. Should we go through that dark forest then? Right. Come okay. on. You feel this? This good, stable soil? What a great idea we had all those millions of years ago. To get out of the ocean? Yes. What a silly idea to start there in the first place. I don't know. I could see the appeal. Wait. What? These trees. Oh, my God. Don't ever do that, Mom. I thought something was actually wrong. Hmm? Okay, Mum. Unknown territory here. We're supposed to be on high alert. I don't think this is the time for botany. The only reason we got here is botany. The only reason humanity made it this far is botany. Don't be foolish. These trees shouldn't exist. Were they altered? No. Resurrected. This species disappeared thousands of years ago. This is incredible. 180 million years ago, according to my estimates. Hold on, who's that? That was an unsettling motherfucker. Let me tell you, because mostly, I didn't sense him at all. He had no scent, he made no sound, he just walked up to us. See, the college at the time was run by Damon Sallow, a brilliant witch and even greater scientist. Pretty average height, bold, purple eyes and freaky skin. Freaky? Shiny. It's like almost poreless, like, like a plastic doll. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you the truth, right? At this point in my life, that was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. He was just so designed. I could see the work, the witchcraft. Each bone in his body, each hair had been readjusted, carefully placed. His proportions were mathematical. 
He had a vision and executed it flawlessly. Flawlessly. I can admire that. Afternoon. You must be Mrs. Jahan. I take it you're in charge here. Professor Sallow, at your service. I must congratulate you on making it this far. You've crossed a sea that cannot be crossed. Unscathed. You can direct your praise to my daughter. This should be proof enough that she is, no matter what you've been told, a candidate for the crown. It would, and I could believe it. But I'd rather see it. What do you suggest? If you insist on betting your daughter for the crown... I do. She does. Then a final test would settle the matter for both your daughter and I. You see, I run a few experiments within the college, and there's something I've been meaning to try. Sure, whatever, I'll do it. Wonderful! Follow me! Again, you made Auntie Jahan go into that dark forest with that strange, unsettling man. What else is she going to do on a Tuesday? Tuesday's Bake Off. Bake Off wasn't even a thing back then. Okay, yeah, then yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. <sighs> yeah, and it was fine, if anything. My mother started geeking out with the creep. We went into his forest, and I noticed all the greenery had, was, like, the greenery was parting for him, and it was creating a trail for us. Am I wrong to assume you walk the dawn path, Professor? Yeah, no shit, Mum, he has purple eyes. No need to ask what gave it away, then. The trees, actually. Even a witch like me can perform cosmetics. But there's a world of difference between colouring an iris and resuscitating dead genes. <laughs> you flatter me, Mrs. John. <laughs> that was stupid, wasn't it? I spoke without thinking. Not quite. I spoke thinking I knew better. You're young. But, Professor, tell me about this forest. Reality might be a little disappointing. Have yet to find the spell that will bring back the dead. No, those were engineered, based on fossil finding. I like to think they are quite close to the original, but I can't be sure. Then it's more impressive than resurrection. This is creation itself. The precision required to shape each gene into what you want it to be is... I can't imagine. <laughs> Most kind, Mr. Jahan. I truly wonder why one of my evaluators has been, uh, bitching about your meeting. <laughs> Rest assured we've done the same. Uh, Tempest, why have you stopped? Something's watching us. Professor? You've raised quite the daughter. Very few can notice. Tempest, what is it? I don't know. Something's looking at me. Up above in the trees, skin like glass. I can barely see it. Just the eyes, the teeth. Did it not strike you as odd? The lack of defenses on the shore? <sighs> you don't need any. You've got this thing. Her name is Scylla. If you're impressed by the trees, you should see what I do with reptiles, Mrs. Jahan. And he smiled at us. A little too wide, his canine's a little too sharp, and I did exactly the same. For just a second, too quick for my mum to notice, we were showing teeth to each other. And you know, had I not done that, had I not proved that I recognised his threat, his little test, that I indeed understood the codes of this world, maybe he would have let loose Scylla and slaughtered us for having the audacity to step on his little kingdom uninvited. As I said, we tend to be a little unwell. Walking that fine line only we can see. Right. Yeah. 
Rest assured, you have nothing to fear. You're my guests after all. This way! Mum, I don't think you should be here. I knew the risks I took when I decided to come with no, you. No, I don't think you're hearing me. I can't... I can't afford to worry about you if I'm... Professor, how would you describe the creature you've plagued this lovely greenery with? I've based it off a basilisk, Mrs. Jahan. I took the liberty to add a few improvements. See? Who hasn't dealt with a basilisk in their lifetime? Not even a real one. Head high, daughter. We'll be fine. Was she... Was it an act from her? I still can't say. But sometimes I do think my mother knew a little too much for a witch so powerless. She was a little too sure about my potential. It's not so alien to think something similar happened to her when she was my age. Perhaps not the crown, but other paths she could have denied, that could have been denied to her. Not so mediocre after all. Nah. Not mediocre, just neglected, maybe. That's a shame. Yeah, she seemed at peace with it. Happier than most, really. As well as the system can train you, it can mess you up quite a bit along the way. Case in point. The rest of that journey through the woods was a little quieter, but we came out the other side unharmed. And then we saw the walls towering, <laughs> towering over us way above the tree line. It's impossible the forest alone had been concealing it from our sight. There was some incredible perception craft at work here. And the size of the Royal College, it was just excessive. It's, a castle could live in the castle, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. Doesn't sure. matter. Yeah, yeah. So big walls, wooden, built out of a sequoia or something. Great. No visible door. Until Sallow walked up to this giant trunk and just like the forest had parted for us to walk through, so did the wall. <laughs> Sallow took us through the vast halls of the Crown's College. A most beautiful place. There were statues everywhere woven by roots and clothed in flora, jeweled by flowers, emeralds, and carnivorous plants. And on the walls, paintings of my predecessors, looking down on me. Well, not paintings, they were, they were murals of leaves and flowers grown into the most incredible compositions. It's both a palace and a, a garden and a museum. It's the most intricate work of biokinesis I've ever seen, humbly disguised as primitive architecture. The ceilings were an extension of the tree canopy, letting in sun when it shined and closing it back when it rained. And in the halls, it smelled of something sweet <coughs> and rotten. And in every room, you'd often feel a gentle breeze or you'd hear something move. A rustling of leaves maybe, but here's the thing, deep down, you could never be sure. It was all so gigantic, so imposing, and yet nothing could ever fully close. Each wall was an extension of the same wooden structure. And just like in a forest, there was always a gap, a hole in the bark, an opening through the branches or a passage between the trunks, which means there was always something. There was always space for something to find you, to hunt you down. It's a brilliant design. <laughs> the sheer size of the building doesn't make it feel small, but it makes you, it makes you feel exposed. It turns most candidates completely paranoid. I loved it, immediately. <laughs> the first thing I thought was, goodness, look how high those ceilings are. The spells I can cast in those halls, I couldn't wait. 
new evaluation methods I wanted to try. I was just wondering. Oh. Hello. Oh. I found your guests on the shore, Agent. They're not my guests. Being wrong might be more than a habit with you. A pathology, perhaps? You said we had to speak directly with the college, so we thought we'd just pop by. And what a lovely inspiration that was, Agent. Well, it was not my intent to trouble you, Professor. I never thought... Why uh, would there be trouble? If you've done your work correctly, this will be nothing more than a formality. Soon forgotten. You'll need a weapon for this young one. Would you like a sword? I mean, if you're offering. <laughs> we also have spears, axes. Swords bones. just fine. I don't think we've ever seen you with a sword, Your Highness. Those are my early days. Oh. I much prefer a staff now. But now to the fun part. Right, so the college has multiple training grounds, including a decent-sized arena at its center. The regular layout, you know, circle. If it ain't broke. So there's a weapon rack, big walls, solid stuff. Nice venue. Mm -hmm. Sequoia. <laughs> and a lot of staff members and candidates were actually having their lunch on the bleachers because it was a nice day out. And they were quite surprised when the court opened and I walked in. I was told to wait there while my mother and Sallow sat down. I saw more people coming in, staff and Crown's agents who had just caught wind of the whole affair. I was going to have a public. Are you comfortable, Mrs. Jahan? Will she be fighting one of the other candidates for the Crown, mister? No, that would be most unfair to you. You bet your daughter in this trial. It's only fair I do the same. My youngest. As I said before, Damon Sallow was a brilliant scientist, fascinated by genetics. He spent his entire life tinkering with all sorts of life forms, working his way up from animals he'd graft with horns, limbs, wings, all the way down to, to embryos, full of possibilities. He engineered entirely new species, and his latest project, his youngest daughter, was a dragon. She fell from the sky, landing on the other side of the arena, and shrieked towards me. She wasn't the giant mythical beast you might picture. She was lean, sinewy, beautiful, barely six feet tall. Her white scales played with the suns like I've only ever seen oceans do. Each movement sent waves of light that rippled through her body and a brief flash of purple when it reached her neck. She was statuesque, a work of art. She has your eyes. You noticed. Do you care for this creature, Professor? She's my most complex specimen. My proudest work so far. I'm sorry to hear that. There was no starting bell, no signal, half running, half flying, a canther just went straight for my throat, and she was quick, the bastard, but so was I. I rolled to the side, stood up, a spell on the edge of my lips, but got whipped by her tail, oh, and she was strong, but so was I. And when she leapt up again, I was ready, stepped to the side and felt her jaw snap right next to my ear, then hooked her with my gauntlet. Made her lose a couple teeth. 
which she wasn't too happy about. And then she tried clawing at my chest and I jumped back, went for a spell again, but then... Fire breath. And that was a problem. Oh. Oh, it's a dragon, Mrs. Jahan. What did you expect? Now, I was quick at that age already. Witchcraft had already altered my body, my senses, bones, and muscle. And I was always disgustingly lethal. But that... was getting a bit dire. Mm. A canther was cornering me with claws and fire, herding me towards a wall. I could hardly blink, let alone cast a spell. I needed a breath, a lull, a moment to just... Tempest! Gloves off! Couldn't believe my ears. Now! <sighs> my gauntlet fell to the ground and it felt like jabbing a fork into an outlet. I felt like, it felt like taking a shot of cobra venom at 3 a.m. with your friends and, what? No, you, what, these are, none of this is relatable. What are you talking about? It's a witch thing. You know, you play drinking games with venom quite often and whatever poison you got your hands on. No, I got more questions. Okay, now. see, you prepare yourself beforehand, of course, with like spells and stuff, and then you take the shot, venom, and then your entire body is just like, <laughs> it's fighting the venom. And at the same time, it's got to repair the damage done, and your senses are firing, adrenaline's flowing. It's, it's great, it felt, it felt like that. Okay, we're probably gonna cut that. Don't cut it, it's the truth. You, no, you know some teenager's gonna try that at home. Don't try it at home. I had to fight a fucking dragon, okay? If they can't use common sense at home, that can be their trial. Okay, do not try this at home. Thank you. Um, so the gloves fail. <laughs> the gloves fell. And the ground trembled. The sky rumbled. The whispers in my head became a chorus. All that energy I spent fighting the crystal was suddenly released at once. Panther was thrown back to the other side of the arena and in the bleachers. My mum smiled. Behold, behold, the storm's excess. Behold, its daughter, its daughter, your mighty princess. And then what happened? Lightning, innit? Well, I brought my daughter's bag along with me. Should I just leave it here? Mum! Did you see that? Wow! <laughs> Very nice, sweetie. How do I get off this island? And that's how I entered the Crown's College. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for coming, everybody. I really so appreciate much. that. And uh, we hope you enjoyed the show. Thank Thanks you. so much. Now get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you.